for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. We can do the show. We, we can do the We show. have to do the show. There's going to be, I'm going to put a caveat Uh-oh. up top, okay? Uh-oh. There's going to be a lot of controversial opinions about the Canadian people as we do this episode. <laughs> no, and not really. Not, and it's not saying anything wrong with the Canadians. Great people. They're, they're, they're great people. They're, they're fantastic. Very laid back. Yeah. Poutine. A very, they love their lakes. They yep. love their, like, they treat moose like dogs over there, <laughs> which is very dangerous to do because oh, they that's... will eat your girlfriend's pussy, and I mean the entire thing. Oh, my Put goodness. Put an apple up there. All right. I don't know about Canada. all that. That is, well, there, that is a controversial opinion Thank that you, you just had there. Yeah. You got there. I like the moose's dogs. Yeah. Anyway, this is the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks, and holy hell, how long has it been since since Mar- uh, since Henry was in studio? Months. It's months. been months. It's been months and i gotta say these vagabond shoes <laughs> man new york city still got it i saw a bum with shit all over him outside of the hotel i'm staying in cool that we still got it he did complain <laughs> henry was complaining he's like there's so many people here there is. it was like a family from ohio all slammed into your brain <laughs> there's so many people here in new york all right the reason we brought up canada we're talking about robert picton Part one. Oh, yeah. No, no. His, he goes by Willie. Yeah, Willie. but Willie is not derivative of Robert. It does well, his, not matter. His middle name is William. Okay. Yeah, And yeah. it's also, we were going to get into this. This is a, the biggest bunch of bum fuck, <laughs> dirt, <laughs> ass. Just, you are in a mood today. No, they are, they are a type of, it's a type of Canadian yeah. homeless farmer. Yeah. It's like they have a farm, <laughs> no, but it's, it's like they're living on the street. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of fun. Well, Robert Willie Picton, a.k.a. the pig farmer killer, a.k.a. Pork Chop Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Pork Chop Henry. Why is that? Well... I got these pork chops. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> well, Willie Picton was a Canadian serial killer who murdered up to 49 women Jeez. from 1983 till 2002, mostly picked up from Vancouver's notorious downtown east side. Now, don't you go ahead and call it that. This is an east side problem. That's a downtown <laughs> east side problem. That's it. Here on east side, we have nice things. <laughs> Vancouver, which is actually my favorite way to pronounce any city, Vancouver. Vancouver. They, yeah, I think they got that right. Well, Picton's known victims were street-level sex workers, many addicted to hard drugs, 
sports and living hand-to-mouth lives in an environment that we ourselves witnessed just a few weeks ago when we did a live show in Vancouver. What Ooh. I loved is go, like talking to other Canadians about going to Vancouver, and they're like, you know, everyone's just like, oh, Vancouver is nice. And we're like, I know, tell them where we're doing the show over on East Hastings. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a bit of a bad neighborhood. You're not <laughs> yeah. going there. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm used to bad neighborhoods. We live in New York City, live in Los Angeles. Right. It's like, I've seen some terrible places. East Hastings in Vancouver is the worst place I've ever seen. <laughs> it was fascinating. A lot of public heroin use. Open, and, uh, the just blood outs. on the walls. Yep. Like there, it's a George Romero movie. People just... <laughs> it was straight out of Dawn of the Dead. There was a woman demanding wheelchairs from this guy behind uh, behind a fence. And he's like, we're out of wheelchairs. And she's like, I just need a wheelchair. And I don't think they were talking about wheelchairs. <laughs> I don't think I'm so. pretty sure she was asking about heroin. And also terrible code for heroin. <laughs> yes. Well, I think it makes <laughs> you sit in a wheelchair. Who's purchasing multiple wheelchairs? Well, that's a good Unless question. you're on hospital supplier. <laughs> yeah, there was just one guy digging into the dirt like I've never seen before. I yeah. mean, it was into the road, rather. Bloody fingers and all. Yeah, and we took a cab from uh, Coquitlam, where Willie Picton actually is oh, from. Really? It's a sweet suburb town. Yeah, we took a cab from Coquitlam to our show in Vancouver, and yes. our cab driver, who was from the east side, just sat there eating cherries, pits <laughs> and all. <laughs> the entire well, no, pit. We have to get back to Robert thing. Picton. But, but I just was eating the pits. Like, he yeah. was eating yeah. the pits. He just sat for 30 uh, minutes. Just <laughs> constantly. Oh, yeah, you're going to want to go to, oh, you're going down to East Hastings, right? Oh, but you better hold on to your wallets, dear. You're going to, like well, he's sm- swallowing stones like he's a chicken that can't digest food. Well, that's a good way to do it. My cab driver dropped me off four blocks from the venue, and he's like, you'll get out here. I was like, well, I think we got a couple of blocks. He's like, no, you're going to get out here. Well, Picton would either cruise for them with these women himself or get an accomplice to do it, take him out to his pig farm in nearby Coquitlam, rape them, murder them in various ways, and dismember the corpses. Mm. His method of disposal was either to feed the butchered bodies to his pigs or take the remains to a nearby rendering plant mixed in with the various livestock viscera produced on his farm. Ooh. Now, there's going to be a lot of shit talk about viscera today. What's <laughs> viscera? Viscera is all the good parts. The guts. Yeah, especially the when bad parts. Sh- yeah. The awful, as they call it. You get that crackling on them. You put some candied bacon on it. You get the the caramelization on the Uh bird. Flap it, super hot, cast iron pan. You get some 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 rob in there. You get get some kind of like weird, like a good, nice, fresh green Mm. to kind of pump it up. Get some savory. Put some umami in it with some soy sauce in it. With all the controversial food you eat, you've probably eaten a Canadian. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I had plenty of pinmeal bacon in my time. Ooh. And despite what Willie picked, Wikipedia page says he definitely did not attend the University of British Columbia, nor was he a member of Phi Delta Theta. No! <laughs> but I do, I do love the idea of Animal House-style pranks, but just Picton's version of it. No, the only, it's like, it's just him just, oh yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah look what I did, uh, killed a hooker. Oh, <laughs> oh we were we were thinking about to- toilet paper in the house, toilet paper in the house. No, no, I didn't I mean, do that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Killed a hooker instead. You did. <laughs> Well, we were just going to do a little toilet paper, maybe put some a little uh, bottle of rockets. Oh, you do you, I do me. Okay, well, this is a strange initiation process. Well, the vast majority of the information in this series comes from a book called On the Farm by Stevie Cameron, given to me by a wonderful fan at our Vancouver show. So yes. thank you very much uh, for giving us that and introducing us to Robert Picton. Mm-hmm. Now, this book is a wonderful piece of literary nonfiction that I would recommend to any true crime fan, and all quotes from this episode are taken from 
on the farm. I did get very several lovely texts from Marcus of being like, loving this book. <laughs> it's like he's really into it. Yeah. Well, in contrast to a lot of books about serial killers, Cameron gives a face to the victims and mm. their families, dispelling one of the myths of what's known as the less dead, i.e. Right. victims whose murders are not investigated by the police or covered by the media until the body count gets high enough. Yeah, On the Farm also sounds like it could be a really fun book about Woodstock. It could <laughs> be. It is not yeah. about Woodstock. There were pigs, there was a farm. It was, what's his name, from the band. That's what I was thinking. The guy who died Leave on Hell. Leave on Hell. Yes. Like, it feels like his autobiography. Totally different, though. <laughs> well, the myth is that these women, street-level sex workers, have no families, mm. no friends, and no connections. And that just isn't true. Right. Even though many of them had fallen on hard times, these women were daughters, mothers, and sisters with families who missed them immediately. Mm. Also, so a part of like the halfway house and uh, a kind of like safe spaces for heroin use that are uh, in Vancouver, especially mm-hmm. on East Hastings, is like they were part of they were working with social workers a lot of the time that were also looking for them. They actually that's one thing about Vancouver. It's the reason why there's so much homeless activity is because they have the infrastructure to take care of all these people mm-hmm. and also the mentality of uh, it's better that they're high instead of sick because mm-hmm. if they're high, right. at least they keep to themselves, and if they're sick, they start doing desperate shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, warning: this drug may kill you. Very powerful documentary. On opioids and heroin abuse. My goodness, is that a, a powerful drug? Mm-hmm. Now, one of the great tragedies we'll get into in this series is how the Vancouver Police Department's lack of care for these women, their contempt for modern investigative techniques, and their sheer laziness actively prevented a proper investigation from taking place. The cops in the Robert <laughs> Willie Picton case Not are like, heroes, they huh? are like hobbits. <laughs> it's true, it's just be like, it's basically they're eating three breakfasts <laughs> and they smoke out of those inappropriately long pipes. Right. It's a lot of sitting being like, oh, well... <laughs> Can't go be walking and getting the donuts over there. My feet are tired. Can you just kick the box over here? Be like, kicking the box? What do I look like? Some kind of footballer? Well, there's no crime if you don't investigate it. That's how we stop it right there. Zero percent crime here in Vancouver. It's incredible the crime rates, how fantastic they are. That was exactly the mentality. Because all these women were going missing. uh, And the Vancouver Police Department's like, well, you know, since there's no bodies here, there's no murders because you know uh, these women they just get up and they go and we don't really know where they go and they don't really talk to their families well, or nothing like that so we're just going to kind of let them go and we're not going to really worry about them you know that is the one thing they say about people who do a lot of heroin they are shakers and they are movers <laughs> they're <laughs> always <laughs> traveling always. in no way do they <laughs> see the same three feet by three feet <laughs> no. box just kind of waving like a flag no, in no way do they do that no way. They're, they're out there achieving their dreams on the bus on the train on the <laughs> plane is out there seeing the country like a Dr. Seuss. Well, there were some cops in the Vancouver Police Department who were genuinely concerned about these women and genuinely had uh, were trying to get an investigation going because they knew there was a serial killer around. But really, who pushed for this uh, were the people who worked in the downtown east side, people who worked with mm. these women, and journalists. There were journalists who worked on this story for years. Good people trying to pressure the, the police department into doing something, anything. But they didn't, not until it was far, far too late. Had the proper people actually given a fuck, put petty grudges Mm. aside, and got off their asses to do some actual police work, Picton would have easily been caught years before he reached the staggering number of 49 victims. Because he was a mouth-breathing... He used to live with his pigs. He used to to (laughs) sleep with the bed. And I like... They were covered in shit. No, this is not like nice pigs. pigs. This isn't cute. This isn't babe. This isn't James Cromwell being Uh, like, oh, it's a good pig. It's it's not that lifestyle. It is... 
literally living in pig shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because cuddling with pigs. And he was, he was <laughs> just the fun. dumbest. He just looked like a crow magnon, but like a rat face crow magnon man. He could. He was. He was bragging about his crimes and shit. He could have been caught in a second. You would think the cops would really jump on something like this. They can get some name notoriety. This seems like a perfect formula to make you a super cop. Laziness. Laziness. And the super cop they did have, they had a super cop they did? on their set. They had a world-renowned super cop, and they hated him for it. Yeah. They he, hated him for being a super He made too much cop. paperwork. Yeah, he made too much paperwork. He made too much money. We'll get into him later. Okay. And before we get into all that, let's talk about the disgusting pig shit childhood of Willie Pigtown. <laughs> wee, wee! Wee! <laughs> it's like, because that's the you know, like when your cousins can only make that noise. Like, wee, wee, wee! <laughs> That's a good time, though. All right, we have a big childhood <laughs> coming up. Uh, Willie Picton was the middle child of three, born to Leonard and Louise Picton, born October 24th, 1949. His father was a farmer and 16 years older than his mother, and the two met by chance in a coffee shop. Ooh. Hi there, welcome to Beans and Brews. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, I, uh, can I get a vanilla latte Could it, right, before, right before you give it to me? Can you fart on it? <laughs> Wait a second. Did you just order a vanilla latte with a fart on it? <laughs> yeah, I did. Who's asking? <laughs> Your new wife. Oh, it's a meat cue. Oh, wow. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> There's some poor guy in the back just be like, we'll have to squeeze you twice. <laughs> ah, the fart couple came in, huh? What am I supposed to do? I guess I can shit a little bit. <laughs> Now, I know you guys like to say that I'm a dirt person. You are. Uh, yeah. I'm not a dirt person. But you li- oh, you hold are. on. How many vials of dirt do you have in your apartment? Six. S. Okay. And how many, you <laughs> Thank bestow- you. And you, how many times do you have glowingly reviewed dirt <laughs> in your life? But the Pictons, these guys were dirt person royalty. Well, they're only oh. royalty in the fact that royalty also is just a gigantic family that fucks each other. <laughs> That's a good point. Now, even by small town Texas standards, the Pictons sound filthier than even the most inbred of my townsfolk. That's how we know you're a dirt person is that you say townsfolk. <laughs> I know. And the fact that you have a compass here of like inbred families that play in dirt. <laughs> it's like my mom in Queens when I have to tell my mom, he's like, you know, mom, we're white trash. And she's like, we're not white trash. I always wash the stoop. With the hose every Friday. There's all the animals they didn't. They let the grass grow in between the stoop lines. I was like, that does, that's not the class divide here. That is the class divide. That's big stuff. Well, it wasn't like these were nice people who just happened to have an odd way about them. As we'll see, the entire Picton family, with the possible exception of their daughter, Linda, was rotten to the core. Uh-oh. They were not just filthy. They were awful awful people. So they were comfortable in it. They were happy with their filth. Loved it. Loved, Loved their it, life. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to the mother first. Okay. Louise Picton was by all accounts a bizarre woman inside and out, especially when she got older. Most of her teeth had rotted out, which made it hard to understand anything she was saying. It just makes me think of Ren from the fucking... The, the, the <laughs> Is it Ren time for my mom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a personal aversion Ooh. to when people let all of their teeth go and the hollow look of their mouth when they don't right. have dentures in. <sighs> it just like, sends a fucking shiver up my spine. It is it is kind of horrifying, but it's also kind of fun. You get to be two people at once. My grandfather <laughs> used to take his teeth out of his mouth, and I thought it was the coolest trick I've ever seen in my life. I love dentures. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I love dentures, and I can't wait to have them, because mm-hmm. I will scare everyone I can, because they'll do the, I'll laugh so hard, then spit my teeth out and go, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> And when Louise Picton did talk, she did so loudly and rapidly in what was described by many as a persistent high screech. 
So you're going to get the Baconator then. <laughs> Do you want a side salad with that? We're trying to make it healthy here at Arby's. Ooh, get some Mott sticks as well. As far as her appearance went, most of her hair fell out with only a few wisps remaining, which was always covered by a kerchief. Ooh, that's classy. Well, it seems like all her hair had migrated to her face, as oh. she was said to have essentially a goatee. That reminds me of my dog, Wendy, and I miss <laughs> Wendy. Oh, Wendy, oh, Wendy is an incredible dog. If you haven't seen Wendy, go to Instagram. I think Natalie Jean on Instagram has yeah. shown some pictures. You have as well. Check out Wendy. Yes. I know Wendy is an incredible dog, but we're, like, getting really dangerously close to when, like, somebody has a baby and all they talk about is their baby. Yes. Well, it is I'm a good obsessed. dog. I'm going to fall down that rabbit. Hold. This I'm is kind of a Venn diagram where I have to it's, agree with Henry but see, here. It's, but the dog looks like Splinter, which we realize, and it's cute when a puppy looks like a Splinter, but when a lady looks like Splinter, it's not very cute. It's different. <laughs> uh, yes, we actually got to hang out with Wendy at our Pittsburgh show. Pittsburgh was incredible. Thanks for everyone who came out. That was wonderful. Trundle Manor rules. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Trundle Manor. I made friends. So his mother looks like the old lady from the woman that could be a young woman or an old lady picture. That's yeah. right. But yes. she never turns into the young lady. Never no. once. Okay. Never once. No, she had long hair sprouting from her chin like the stringy roots of a plant and she had a thick mustache or at least thick for a woman. She's like a master in a kung fu movie. Yeah, I was thinking that or just some, like a cafeteria cook who's very good with the slop. Yeah. She can just slam that slop down, but she's a good one because she gives people more slop than the other one does. <laughs> one visitor to the Picton farm later said, quote, that would blow my mind as a little kid. I would just say to myself, cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's I easy to do. So. But I guess you get pride. Yeah, you, you get got pride. pride. I like yeah. let my beard grow into my chest hair. Well, it's mm -hmm. an indication that you've been around for a little while. Ugh. You're but, wise. Yeah, but I don't, I think she was like fairly young when it started. I think she well, was, it sounded kind of like she was in her like 30s or 40s when the hair started. Very wise. Very wise. <laughs> very wise. Now, as far as clothes went, Louise always wore a house dress over a pair of men's jeans accompanied by men's rubber gum boots, which made her waddle like a duck. <laughs> well, technically, she was the Scarlett Johansson of Coquitlam. <laughs> yeah, she, that puts her in the top ten. That way, I mean, honestly, the waddling like a duck makes her kind of cute. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, waddling like a duck, no hair, goatee, no teeth. Well, you know what you're eating for dinner every night. Yeah, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what she's good for, huh? You know what she's good for? Huh? Are you going to make a joke about sexual things? Eating hot dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sucking them down all the way down. Very good. She was short with a round face like her children Linda and Dave, but Willie looked more like his father, having inherited the rat face that so many dirt bags across North America seem to share. Mm. Now, even though the family farm housed chickens, ducks, and dogs, oh. their main animal was the pig. Mm. And all these animals were allowed to freely roam in and out of the Picton house, shitting wherever they pleased, uh. which didn't really seem to bother the family all that much. They just let the pigs in the house. Yeah. And it's, it comes down to the, the pet pigs are different, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. they're clean. They're cute. smart. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They got tiny little feet. They got cute little faces, and that's mm -hmm. nice. These are more like hogs. <laughs> these these are, are big ass hogs. Big, full grown hogs. And normally you got to keep the hogs in a place where the shit. Does it come in the kitchen, right? <laughs> I guess so. I'm not a farmer. I'm a city boy. All yeah. right. I, a part of me kind of like, other than the poopy in the house, 
You gotta poop outside the house. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of fun to have a bunch of animals in the house. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know how much shit animals produce on a daily basis. I don't. I'm really not fa- like, I'm not real fast. You are a dog nanny to Pomeranians. They shit like an ounce. It's like yeah. a little like. It's like a cute little poop, that's and you're true. like, oh, that's cute. A pig. Uh-huh. It's like when you and I sit down, like after we've had like a long airplane trip, or we've just been housing <laughs> fucking beers on the plane, yeah. and you have that big splatter ass beer shit. Oh. That's what pigs do twenty four seven. Well, you know. What Thank you for putting it in context that I can understand, Henry. I'm a teacher. <laughs> now I have a better understanding of what their house was like. <laughs> well, well, the kids had to slop 200 pigs a day, every day, wow. both before and after school. And the smell of pig manure and slop stuck to every member of the Picton family, which earned Leonard the nickname Piggy among the other local farmers, a name he actually liked. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so even by farmer standards, they were exceptionally by odorant. everyone's standards, okay. the Pictons were the stinky kid. I mean, he was even the stinky farmer. You know how hard I, it, it has to be to be the stinky the farmer? The stinkiest yes. one. Yeah. Well, it's all like pig pen. They're all pig pen if pig pen murdered sex workers. Uh-huh. And also, <laughs> it's, the, it's the Canadian version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. Yeah, I was getting that vibe too, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, for the most part, the Picton boys lived a fairly isolated existence. The eldest daughter, Linda, seemed to have some semblance of a normal life, but Willie and Dave spent most of their time either with the pigs or each other. And it seems like there's a little bit of the, the classic kissing brothers going on. Maybe. We don't. There is no evidence for that. You're just saying that. Kissing brothers. <laughs> well, there is no evidence to counter the evidence exactly. that Henry there has. Got to no, keep right him on the defensive. Have, there, there is, is no evidence to counter. Going on. You oh, can't, wow. even though these are terrible people, we can't be engaged in pure speculation here on Last Podcast on the Left, we still do have some journalistic integrity. All right, I'm going to agree with Marcus that it's not true, but I'm going to agree with Henry that I want it to be true. I want it to be true. (laughs) My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do, and the memories keep cycling, and I get emotional, and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy, and that is not sad. That is celebratory, so you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with 
horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it, and it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Uh, it's probably not a coincidence that Linda is the only one out of the three to come out okay because she was actually given dresses. She was allowed to hang out with other kids. She wasn't constantly hip deep and slop. And you know that she was the black sheep of the family. They were sure would be like, well, Linda doesn't get along with the rest of us. But she's out there just having a normal life where everybody else is covered in shit. It's like... Can you imagine, though, going on a date with her and going back to her place and <sighs> just be like, gonna meet your father? I don't think they did. <laughs> no? I, don't think, I imagine okay. she was all be like, it's like, no, I was thinking, Linda, maybe it's time for me to meet your dad and we can do the whole, you know, like the whole marriage thing. She's like, uh, what if I said they all died? <laughs> I believe it. Well, she actually became pretty successful oh. once she finally shook the Picton farm loose. Like, I think one of her kids had a doctorate. Another one, like, had uh, a master's degree. Good she Lord. did very well for herself. Okay. But Willie and Dave, Willie in particular, would not be so lucky. All right. One of the traits that Willie shares with a lot of other serial killers, the secret ingredient in his soup, if you will, is an unnatural childhood attachment to his mother. Mm. Literally the umami. <laughs> Yikes. And for his father's part, he seemed to be an almost total non-entity, both in Willie's life and around the house. His mother controlled everything from the family to the business. The only thing we have from the father is a rumor that when he did pay attention to Willie, he was extremely abusive. Okay. Yeah. Now, Willie also wasn't very bright, at least in the academic sense. In third grade, he was placed in special ed and stayed there until he dropped out of school freshman year of high school. Okay, so I have to ask, if he's not very bright in an academic sense, where is the bright? Pig. Oh, pig sense. He's real pig smart. He's you real say pig what smart. you want about Willie, but he's got good pig sense. 
I can pick a pig out of a lineup of five pigs. <laughs> I tell you what, I can tell you what a pig looks like. I can describe a pig. It's got four bottom things. It's got yeah. two things that make it go, oi, 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 oi. It's got a hole in the back for your favorite parts. This is picked in your kid loves to eat crayons, but my goodness, does he have the best pig sense I've ever seen as a teacher. <laughs> and he had a horrible time in school while he was oh. there. Yeah. Even though the Pictons were pretty successful, they were still pig farmers in a community that was made up mostly of doctors. Yeah, Coquitlam is like a nice suburb. It's weird to have them roll in, and all of a sudden you have, like, the shitty version of Pugsley from the Adams Family just in your (laughs) class. Like, you're going to be disappointed. Well, it was a farming community at first, you know, and and there were a lot of farmers around, uh, and along with all the other farmers, the Pictons lived at the bottom of a hill, facing up to Essendale Hospital, which housed about 5,000 mental patients uh, at its peak. So a lot of the people in Coquitlam at the time worked at the mental hospital. So, uh, you know, all the kids in school were, you know, the sons and daughters of doctors. Uh, But even the kids, even among the kids that were farmers, Dave and Willie were still the smelly kids. They Uh were still the outcasts. And they also talked weird. Dave had a speech impediment that lasted his whole life that made him sound like Elmer Fudd, especially when he got upset. God, that's so sad. (laughs) Well, I just feel so bad because the speech speech impediment comes out when you really want to make a point. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And everything is nullified. Criminal justice system needs to be all corrected. (laughs) Technically, you are completely correct in everything you said, but you said it so strange that we're just going (laughs) to laugh right at you. The Pictons all also talked fast, and they all had had a high-pitched, squeaky voice. Oh. Yeah, so they just weren't popular. No. They got none of the, the lucky things that happen to popular people. Like, he can't talk normal. He's got yeah. no... It's like, and so there was no help here. Oh, no, yes. there was no help. The parents could have very easily gotten these kids a better life. Oh, sure. Uh, and, of course, they all had brush cuts. Oh, well, it's really? It's an easy cut. Yeah. It is an easy you cut. You just keep all the hair at the top of your head. Yep, you know where to find it. (laughs) (laughs) And all this added up to Willie getting picked on quite a bit. The rumor is, when Willie got upset or got into trouble, he'd burrow into the butchered carcass of a hog until he felt better again. How is this different than you, Marcus? Honestly, what do you mean? How is this different? I don't know if Marcus has ever burrowed into a hog. No, I have never burrowed into a hog. You thought about it? No. (laughs) Have you thought about it? No, of course not. It's a little offensive now. Never. Yes, I have poked at the gas-filled belly of a dead horse. See? <laughs> Close enough. I have done that. Yes, uh, I, I have been curious about dead animals because you find a lot of them where I grew up. You know, they're everywhere, and you right. find them in pastures and things like that. You'll Slippery poke slope. With a stick. Slippery so, slope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as uh, Macaulay Culkin in the movie My Girl would go to his treehouse when mm-hmm. he was in mourning, he would go inside of a pig. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, but to me, this story just, it sounds just a little too good. Good. Yes. Really? Yes. It's it's a little too good. It's the kind of shit you hear people say about the weird, filthy family in town. It's, it's a bit of a Canadian yarn. Okay. But on the other hand, considering what Picton would get up to later... It might be true. It might be true. Yeah, it because has, leaning on why isn't this true? It could be true. It could be, but it just it just sounds too good. This just sounds it sounds way too. I mean, being from a small town, this sounds way too much like small town rumor. You they can, were the, you can sniff out small town rumors when you hear them. They were the creepy family. Yeah. So a part of it's you build more and more. You build the legend of this family, especially it goes. And Canadians are known to spin a tale or sure, two. Yeah, <laughs> improv. 
Now, one of Willie's formative experiences occurred when he was about 12. This was a story he would tell to anyone who would listen for the rest of his life. This version comes from a taped letter he sent to a pen pal named Victoria. He called that letter Bob's Men Wards. <laughs> he calls himself Bob. Well, he called himself Bob sometimes. So he okay. called himself Bob sometimes. Is that when he's being classy? I, and then he called himself oh, Willie when mm-hmm. he was feeling fun? Bob was his business name. Oh. He was doing, Bob when, is the classy name. Bob is his business name. Uh. When, he, when, he was go, like when he would go to livestock auctions and uh, junk auctions, everyone there knew him as Bob. Okay. So Willie was just when he was horny. I <laughs> no, guess so. No, Willie was what his friends called him. Oh, I see. So if Bob's your business name, that's not a great <laughs> sign. Yeah. So the story goes is Willie had gone to a livestock auction with $35 as money that he saved up himself, and he bought himself a three-week-old calf to raise. One day, he came home from school and found the calf was missing. Because every day he oh. come home from school excited to feed his calf. Yeah, it kissing was on it, friend. sucking on its dick, playing with its <laughs> asshole, like doing all sorts of stuff, calling it Willie, calling it himself. Oh. It was going to be really strange. And when Willie couldn't find his calf, his dad told him to go look in the barn. Uh-oh. And when Willie opened the barn door, he saw his beloved calf hanging upside down from the ceiling, <laughs> butchered. <laughs> hey, Willie. What? See what I did there? Yeah, I don't like it. I <laughs> You don't like it? <laughs> you know, it's funny, right? <laughs> Dad, I just want to let you know you're turning me into a sociopath. You're welcome. Don't worry. Oh. It'll help you in business. 60% <laughs> of men that make it in business are sociopaths. Uh, Charles Ng, who killed oh. up to 25 people with his partner Leonard Lake, had a similar story. He said when he was a kid, his mother killed and made him eat his beloved pet chicken. <laughs> Where you bring up Richard Pecker? <laughs> Where you go so far to bring up Richard Pecker in front of me again? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knew what kind of friendship I had with you, Richard Pecker. <laughs> That's your name. He's such a tiny Richard Beak. That's why I called him Richard Pecker. Yeah. Well, he is a serial killer, mass murderer. <laughs> Horrible person. <laughs> uh, both of these men told these stories again and again, scrounging for something, anything, to make them sound at least half human. And I'll tell you this. My nephew had his pig, Mr. Jenkins, slaughtered when he was a kid, mm. and he's doing just fine. What's just his fine. first name? What's the pig's first name? It was just mi- Mr. So you Mr. just called, you gave it a... <laughs> He gave it a sign of respect, which I think is nice. <laughs> nice, yeah. But yes, I'm glad that they did. They eat the pig themselves as a family. Uh, no, Mr. Jenkins got sent to market, so that's fine. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was <laughs> devastated. He was Wait, very sad. Is that this little piggy went to market? That they're eating them. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I mean, thought the piggies were going to shop. No, they're going to be butchered. Yeah, that's what the, this little piggy went to market means that it's My being mom s- told me they were going to buy food. No. Meanwhile, you're just sucking on a big old pork chop as a <laughs> six foot five, <laughs> 11 year old. Oh, Honestly, man. I, there are parts of this story I'm going to say right now. Mm-hmm. That make me hungry. Oh, yes. When we talk <laughs> about these pigs getting slaughtered, there's a place, Holman and Finch in Atlanta, still one of my favorite restaurants in the world, and you go in, and it's like the cell, but a farm in there. Yes, you, <laughs> you go in, there's a vivisected it. fucking pig on the wall, and oh, man, oh, man, every one of those pearls inside of the swimming guts of those pigs are delicious. We'll get some, we'll get some pig later. Well, as far as Willie's childhood goes overall, I guess you could say that Picton was neglected, kind of, sort of, but his upbringing... 
Wheelie doesn't sound all that different compared to thousands of other hardworking pig boys across the United States and Canada. <laughs> pig boys are some of the loneliest people it's ever been. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the carcass story is disturbing, sure, but with Picton, we don't have that traumatic moment or big head injury or that story that you always hear with serial killers where you can point to and say, like, oh, that's it. Like, say, with, like, Henry Lee Lucas, like, drinking all the lead-filled water and being made to dress <laughs> up by his mother. Like, yes. you don't have that the thing stuff. to look at. Right. But it could also be... Be something happened we don't know about or that Willie Pickton was just born and ended up in a terrible family mm. I think he's very similar to Gary Ridgway where he kind of stupided his way into the crimes yeah. I think that he was uh, he was obviously a sociopath he was just he was incredible just thick just mm. a thick human being yeah. that just equated people to animals and yeah. eventually he just treated people the same way that he treated the pigs yeah and really not far away from uh from Mr. Ridge Ridgway there in Seattle there is actually some very interesting connections between Gary Ridgway and Robert Picton. Uh, it's hypothesized uh, or it's theorized that Gary Ridgway uh, actually traveled up to Vancouver while Willie Picton was also active there and Gary Ridgway and Willie Picton shared essentially a killing ground uh, for a period of time so and there like are some meet up like Freddy versus Jason well they didn't know each other they were like they, yeah they didn't like meet up and like like they didn't bump into each other right. on the street like, and like I saw the devil <laughs> she's mine what are you doing mine? here yeah it's not like a comic book where like the Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man meet and fight and then they become friends and work together oh. they just happen to be going because there are women that tell stories once when Gary Ridgway was caught there were women in Vancouver's East side that said like oh shit like I know that guy hmm. that guy like that guy got violent with me once oh it's easy for them to drive up and then it's I'm sure they probably hung out at some point yeah. Gary and Willie just like is was like hey hey Gary I got it yo I'm looking at you and it's nice we're hanging out because yeah. you and me we're stupid in the same way <laughs> Well, the big difference Probably. between the, well, the big difference between these two guys, and they are parallel to each other. They, uh, the big difference between the two of them uh, is that in America, we were investigating the Green River Killer. <laughs> we were actively trying to solve it. Yeah. Our bias in, is creeping in. Uh oh. <laughs> in Canada, they were like, you know. It'll be fine. That'll happen. It'll, 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 that'll happen. <laughs> it'll be fine. But also the big difference between the two is that with Gary Ridgway, there were bodies. They so. found one of uh, one of uh, Robert Picton's victims uh, that was outside of the farm, oh. uh, but none of the others. That is horrific. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And when Willie was 14, his family moved their farm to another part of Coquitlam, but Linda decided... To not go along, she dropped out of the farm scene altogether and moved in with relatives in Vancouver, so taking her first step towards shedding her dirt bag immediate family. So wow. smart. So smart. No, Linda was a smart woman. Okay. Yeah, she knew to get the fuck out of there as soon as she possibly could. She would still be somewhat kind of connected to the family uh, throughout the years, but for the most part, she kept them at arm's length. It's that okay. Simpsons gag. I just being like, I'm going to be right back. I just need to go out. I'm right? going to go get some eggs from the store. I'll be right back. Trust me. <laughs> Gone forever. Where's Linda? <laughs> Living her best life. Now, this second farm would be where Willie would live and operate for the rest of his life. And that mm. second farm would eventually become the largest crime scene in Canadian history. And if you wrote this place into a movie, into a horror movie, you'd be told you were trying too hard. My goodness. 
It was just naturally creepy. The landscape was dotted with plots of quicksand that held a very real danger of death. Wow. And the back of the property was filled with a stinking lagoon. It looked like a lair of a villain from Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah. What what real estate agent sold this house to them? Because that real estate agent must be a genius. No, it wasn't a plot. It wasn't a. It's it was me, Freckly Bones, real estate agent. <laughs> yes, welcome here. We have the bog. Hope yeah, you enjoy. Cool. Don't put your foot in it. Uh-huh. It's filled with man-eating piranha. I already put my foot in it. <laughs> Got uh, you again. This place is awesome. We were devastated. We had to take the ca- the castle down because it was filled with bats and the guano was stinking up the area. I'll pay you double. <laughs> we'll put it back. Well, the Pickens were actually pretty shrewd business people. They bought the land, I think, for something like eighteen thousand dollars, and okay. it eventually uh, got to be worth millions. Oh wow! Pig smart. Yeah, <laughs> pig smart people. Pig sense. Yeah, flipping pigs. <laughs> they do. You get the pigs, you raise them up, you flip them. Flip the pig. And once Willie got control over the place, decades later, the place became a graveyard for broken down cars and scrap metal. Mm. And it seems like eventually, thing you could compare it to, it's kind of a toned down version. Of the junkyard from nothing, nothing but, but trouble. trouble. Nothing but trouble. <laughs> I was thinking making a murderer. No. This is great. We got nothing but trouble. This is it was they a just very nothing but trouble. Yes. <laughs> and what did they find? That's all, and nothing but trouble. <laughs> nothing but trouble. Oh my God, Tone Loke was there. Oh, yeah. I was actually when we were in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, I found myself talking to a fan, and I found myself explaining the plot to Nothing But Trouble because yeah. she'd never seen it before. <laughs> I found myself explaining the plot. And I'm like, this movie. Is insane. Yeah. It's so they just good. went on vacation. <laughs> oh my god, Dan Aykroyd's weird penis nose. Oh, the movie is so funny. It's John great. Candy and John Candy. This is a movie sister. has been brought up for seven oh, years. It is one of the best movies that has ever existed, and no one's talking about it. No one's talking it. about it. No one's talking about it. About it. It's d- like it's not good. It's <laughs> oh, like it's, it's not good. a classic, oh, and nobody good. cares about oh, it. Oh, it's good. Yeah, we will. Debo deb- and Bo- it was a Bobo and Debo. Bobo and Lil Devil. Oh, Debo. Oh, and that's Lil Devil with two B's. Oh my goodness. Seven yeah. years. It's so good. <laughs> this show, this movie we is haunted. Candy, which is like, how many roles can you put me in? Yeah. I want every one of them. Yeah. We're definitely going to put Nothing But Trouble in the top five of the last Podcast Network movie. <laughs> oh, yes. absolutely. Now, but long before the farm got into the Nothing But Trouble condition, it was still a plain old animal farm, complete with about 700 pigs and a wow. couple hundred chickens stuffed into a few sheds or barns. And mm. Willie and Dave... About in high school at this point, slop the pigs three times a day now, even coming home from school during their lunch break for a quick slop. Hey, man, you don't want to leave them too long. You you can't get let them get clean. I'm good. What is a slop exactly? It's corn mash and dirt mash oh, and so carrot you- mash and everything around. Yeah. Okay, whiskey mash. So that's you mean feeding them? Yeah, that's feeding called them. slopping the pigs. Slopping the pigs. Yeah. I was thinking they were washing them. <laughs> No. Okay. I, no, they're not viewing. Nothing, oh, nothing was getting washed at no, this house. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they no. didn't even have a shower. Oh. Yeah, so okay. the boys, in the morning, they'd go to school covered in slop. They'd go home for lunch, get covered in more slop, oh. and then go back to school for the rest of the day without having taken a shower. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so the boys just going back to school smelling like a piggery. I see. Now, a, pig, a piggery is also what you call a group of men on their way to Atlantic City. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> Pig boys. Yeah. And that's not that Willie would have even showered <laughs> if he got the chance. Even into adulthood, Willie had a 
hatred of showers, almost an irrational fear, especially Weird. of getting water on his face. You mean Why? to tell me I'm going to go and I'm going to stand in a little space and I'm going to have all of this offensive water just weaponized at me, shooting out all of me. I got it's a curtain a around me like I'm ashamed of my own penis. I can't see in that haunted little room filled with rain. That's fake rain. It's not fake rain. <laughs> <laughs> He'd only take a bath about once a month. Oh, and even a bath. Can you imagine Ugh. that? And even then, they had to force him to take Ugh. a bath. Even as an adult, they wow. had to force him to take baths. Ugh. And Willie would later say that he was born without a sense of smell. Oh, good for so, him. I don't think that that's true. Yeah, like, I think that he just said, because imagine just, because that's who, he didn't know that he was filling a room yeah. right. with his fucking stench so that he could just go like, you smell me? Yeah, I smell you. You smell horrible. Yeah. That's weird because I can't smell me. <laughs> you you, you, you I live in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I just think I'm not born with a sense of smell. I can smell you, though, which is weird, but yeah, I can't it, smell does me. It, does it smell like Stetson? Yeah, so it's disgusting. Got, it's horrible. <laughs> brute? Is that brute it's you brute, got on? Yeah, I, I hate it. Technically, I smell human. So I just don't smell me. Hmm. But I do notice when I go into some rooms, the flowers wilt. <laughs> <laughs> and even though the Pictons did pretty well for themselves, Willie and Dave wore the same clothes every day. That's actually the sign of genius. What? I swear to God. A you pig smartness? You're just no, like, no, you're no, just coming from a man that wears the Steve. same outfit. Every day. Every <laughs> single day. I wear variations of the same outfit. Steve Jobs, same outfit every day. I mean, he had multiple versions That's of That's the it. thing, is that Batman. people had one pair of clothes. Well, they had a shirt and a pair of pants, well, and they wore it every day. Steve oh. Jobs ate avocados to try to beat pancreatic cancer. He wasn't <laughs> smart always. Yes. And the floor of their house was always covered in slop and dirt because the Pictons never took off their boots. Uh. They'd go, and they'd slop the pigs, and they'd feed the pigs. But they never took off their boots when they came back into the house, so they just track it everywhere. And the only furniture in the living room was a mattress. Just one bare mattress what? in the living room. It's not the right furniture. I'm always <laughs> focused on smells, and I think it's because I am sensitive. Like, I don't like things smelling bad in the house. I don't yeah, just like that not. kind of shit. But can you just fucking imagine just like just <laughs> what that house is like oh, just fucking I can't. because it's also you know it's got that ham smell that just comes from them being stupid you know what I mean like yeah. they, they are their bodies just emit a ham smell and uh -huh. then you go in it's that normal ham smell mixed with shit covered clothes that have just been baking in the Canadian sun mm. which is a low and slow yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you, oh, just the bodies on mattresses and what mom's fucking beard hairs <laughs> smells like. Yeah, it's it's a recipe for odor, I'll tell you that. And despite all this, people still trusted the Pictons to store their meat. Ugh. Well, that might be they might be good at that. No. Well, pretty soon after moving to the new farm, Luis bought a couple of commercial freezers and opened up B and C frozen foods. <laughs> and back in but and crack. <laughs> <laughs> pretty both of them, huh? Yeah, all, all all two. Wow. All two. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors big and small some people are presidents some people are soldiers some people have to eat mayonnaise especially with hard-boiled eggs 
which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like, I got this uh, Texas sage. It's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there, and it's going to thrive, and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada's already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish. Wow! I just gotta learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm gonna be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, back in those days, people would buy whole sides of beef, pork, or lamb and store it in places like the Picton Farm where they could go and pick up whatever they needed throughout the year. Sure. Locally, B&C Frozen Foods was known as the Meat Locker. Honestly, okay. we're trying to change the name to the Meat Library. At <laughs> <laughs> 15, Willie quit school over what he says was a fight with the principal over a nudie pen. Like, remember nudie pens? Of course. You know, they had the woman in the dress and you turn it upside down and the dress falls down yes. and everyone laughs and it's yeah. really funny. Hey there, principal. Look what I got here. Huh? Look at this. See? Normal lady on one side of it. Uh Turn upside down. Wait for it. 
Wait for it. Uh huh. Wait for it. Uh huh. There's tits. <laughs> Give me the pen. All right. <laughs> it's a gift for you, huh? You yeah. like that? I dare you to kick me out of school. I don't want to be here. <laughs> well, Louise was more than happy about all that because from then on, she had a full-time employee. He wanted to get kicked out of school. Well, why was he, <laughs> he even in school to... in the first place? He was leaving. He was desperate to leave school to go be of with course. his beloved pigs. All he wanted to do was slop the pigs. He's a pig guy. He's at Pig University. That's a farm. <laughs> and the weird thing was is that Willie's brother, Dave, even though he was still still had the same pig shit lifestyle, well, he showered sometimes. That's good. Uh, but he still did all right socially. But by the time high school came, he had friends and he dated enough, or at least more than you'd think he would. Wow. He just probably had a van. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good. Like when, when you're like 15, 16, if you have access to a car, mm-hmm. you're automatically sort of popular. You Anything thing. you can get stoned or drunk in. Yes, yeah. that'll make you popular. But Dave was still a dirtbag through and through, uh, and probably still is to this day. He's still alive. Mm. And while Willie is indeed Canada's most prolific serial killer, we should definitely give Dave his due for being a solid Canadian reprobate of the trashiest order. Here's oh. your due. <laughs> oh, there it is. We're giving dues. Uh, Dave's first great crime that we know of occurred when he was 16, and it probably had quite an impact on Willie as well. On October 17th, 1967, Dave was driving west along Dominion Avenue at the same time that a 14-year-old boy named Tim Barrett was walking home from his friend's house. Just me and my best friend, a squirrel, (laughs) just walking down the street. Mommy won't let me in the house anymore because I didn't sell my newspapers. It's It's a lonely child song. That does sound sad. Nobody knows what really happened, but Dave managed to hit the young boy with his truck from behind. I know what happened. What? He hit him with the truck. (laughs) From behind, so he was gunning for him, in other words. Yeah, we we actually, yeah, we don't know if he was speeding Mm. and he wasn't paying attention, but the kid was walking on the side of the road and Dave just fucking slammed into him. Uh Uh-oh. And then Dave stopped, saw that the boy was severely hurt. Dave freaked out, drove home, and told his parents what happened. And the family, instead of calling an ambulance, went into cover-up overdrive. First, they wiped as much blood off the truck as they could and sent Dave to a local mechanic to get the dent from the boy's impact fixed. Smart. Well, I guess. I Smart. Guess. I mean, Family par- sticks together. I I'm, guess. Not when you kill a young boy. I guess. Well, they never saw. I know what you did last summer. It's going to lead to a haunting. They're all going to die. And while Dave took care of that, Louise got in her car and went down to the scene of the crime. She found Tim Barrett still lying there. <laughs> Is that what the- are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> Why? Get me to a hospital. <laughs> This poor kid. Poor kid, yeah. You know what she did? She rolled him into a water-filled ditch. That's the mother? Yeah, the mother, hoping that no one would find the body, and then she just went home. Jeez. So Dave. Regular old Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Now Dave at the mechanic shop, uh, the mechanic fixed the dent, but was surprised that Dave even brought it in to fix in the first place as the truck was pretty beat up already and the Pictons weren't really known locally to be especially fussy people when it came to aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. Why are you fixing this dent now? The whole car's covered in pig right. shit. Why don't you wash it off with a hose for a second? Also, I'm pretty certain there's blood on here. Yeah. Well, you know what's a great? We, we, we can fix all the dents. We can do all the dents for 500 bucks <laughs> Just the one dent? <laughs> You're sure? Just the one? <laughs> All right, it's a $100 dent. 
But the next morning, when the mechanic heard the story on the radio that a young boy had been found near the side of the road, mechanic called the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and reported the work he'd done on the Picton's truck. Mm. The horrible thing was that Tim Barrett was still alive after the impact. Oh. His bones were broken, he was hemorrhaging, and his skull was fractured, yes, but what he actually died from was drowning. Oh, my God. So she killed him. She killed she him. She killed him, but it, again. This Texas Chainsaw, man. It is. But if you can't rely on your mother yeah. to hide your crimes for I you. I guess. In my this- mother is nuts, but I know for a fact she would lie for me on the stand. And that's the <laughs> yes, only thing that they need to be there for. I that's guess. it. In the end, mm-hmm. they got to call it when, you, when they credit card companies. They got to lie to credit card companies for Never you. heard of them. Never heard Never of them. Never heard of them. My son died. <laughs> my son is Tell dead. Him I died. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Oh. <laughs> Tim Bear died floating in two feet of muddy water oh, right man. where Louise Picton enrolled him. Uh, and had she not done that, he would have almost certainly survived. I mean, he wouldn't <sighs> have been right. You know what I mean? He yeah, would have been fine. I don't have recovered car accidents. I guess so. What was this? this is Wait, are you the... saying that if you're an accident, what, better dead? <laughs> I'm just I think that Henry is taking a bizarre love <laughs> side for the mother right now. It just He would have just been a crooked boy. No, you he mean? would not have been a crooked boy. He would have fought hard and made it to the NFL. It would the have been CFL. The he, CFL. He would have been alive at the very <laughs> That's least. True. He would that have been true. alive, you fucking monster. <laughs> 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 yes, so the mother now, so this murder is on the mom. Yeah, the murder's on the mom, but amazingly, she didn't even have to do that because the only thing that Dave Pickton was charged with was failing to remain at the scene of an accident. What? Jeez. All he got was parole and his license suspended until he was 21, about four and a half years. What is, it? is this the 80s that we're in here? Mm, 70s. This is the 70s. Is it late okay. 60s, early 70s, okay. I think. Let's right. see here. Yeah, I think it was 66. Seven. Yeah, okay. 1967. Now the problem is the, the Royal Mounted Police didn't want to investigate because the horses were scared of the pigs. But isn't, yeah, well, that's probably <laughs> They couldn't true. get him up the hill. Yeah, that's one of the dangers. Of- Come on now. Come on. We have a crime to investigate, Oates. We got a crime. I know you don't want to go up the hill. All right, no more, <laughs> no crimes so today. There's never been a crime ever, yeah. not since, not since six months ago. You know, the funny thing that I, uh, the the one thing that I learned in uh, research in this episode, the RCMP is actually the Canadian version, of, like the FBI. Yeah, no, they're hardcore. Yeah, they're, they're the super police, hardcore. I will not talk shit too much shit about the mounted police <laughs> no. because they will come for your ass. And I will say they bring the horses in the buildings. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a very strong police force. That is strong. Yeah, and Louise, for her part in the murder. She was never even investigated. How we know about her role in the story is because she later told a friend of the boys that she had killed this boy by way of a threat, and Willie Uh. told one of his friends about it years later as well. My mom can beat up your mom. (laughs) I don't think so, buddy. My mom is very strong. Yeah, my mom killed a boy. She killed a boy to cover up for our crimes. My mom can beat up your you mom. You got that pen? <laughs> Do you have that nudie pen? See, wait, here, look, look right here. I yeah. flip she got clothes on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see yeah. how clothes that's boring, right? Yeah. Turn it upside down. Wait for it. <laughs> My mom killed a boy. <laughs> she killed a boy to cover up for our crimes. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
she pushed him over. He was he was walking. He had a little pet yeah, squirrel. It was the I cutest don't. little thing. And then my brother just just mercilessly murdered him. And then she just flipped his face over under the boobs and sits. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the Pictons did other trashy shit besides just casual murder as well. They used to hire cheap labor from a local school for mentally disabled kids, which isn't necessarily in and of itself trashy. McDonald's did the same thing. Yes. If Mc- you treat people with respect, if it's you, great. If you treat yes. people with respect, it's a wonderful thing. What was so trashy was that when Willie dropped the kids off at the end of the day, he'd time it so he dropped them off just after the school's dinner hour, and he'd then root through the dumpster and fish out anything that looked halfway decent. So he's do he's living the Heathcliff lifestyle. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's what Willie Picton. He's, he's the Heathcliff, Heathcliff of serial killers. killers. Okay, well, there's some Garfield <laughs> tendencies as well. <laughs> If yeah. you think there about is how no Garfield tendencies no. here. He's very mean to others, self, self-involved. Uh, Garfield loved nothing but lasagna. He has good food. Yeah, and Garfield I, isn't necessarily mean to others. He's just particular. He's particular. Just tell that to Nermal, okay, when she's on flight to Abu Dhabi, uh, all right? Nermal was a liability. Nermal was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful creature. But why were they hungry? They had a pig farm. They had a meat locker. They're just cheap. like free shit. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're, just, they're just cheap, trashy people. What he'd do is he'd bring all these leavings to his mother. Mother, and she'd cut off any part that might have gotten dirty, and the family would just feast for free. It got dirty coming in the house. <laughs> that's pig, honestly dirty. the dirtiest thing is the house. That's pig sense. That, that is, is pig, pig sense. sense. <laughs> pig sense. Now I could understand this and even sympathize with this if the Pictons were barely scraping by, but these people had two thriving businesses. They were just the true definition of garbage people huh. in both their hearts and their lifestyle. It's the garbage pail kits. Yeah. Huh. But they, adults. They, <laughs> but a whole family of them. So by the early 70s, the Picton brothers were starting to establish the career path that they would follow for more or less the rest of their lives. Dave was working demolition and construction while Willie... <sighs> has started his career as an apprentice butcher. And at first, Willie actually hadn't really liked butchering all that much, but by the time he reached his early 20s, he could handle two dozen animals a day, and eventually he would be able to handle twice that. Wow. You know what's interesting is I think that's where he got the positive validation, is that when he realized, I think he's a dullard and mean in his core, right, and a a worthless person. Yeah. And then what he did was that he got positive validation from how good he got at butchering, Mm. and then he just moved it all, like, he just put it in his brain, he put the two categories of pigs and people together, being Mm. like, well, people like it when I do this. If I keep doing it, I'll get even more friends. Yeah, he could have just been a great butcher. Everyone needs a good butcher. So by the time Willie was in his 20s, he began his lifelong hobby of writing a pen pals, although it was never really made clear exactly how Willie got a hold of these women. How did you just get a pen pal? I yeah. think there used to be services where... Oh, yeah, I yeah, think so, where, yeah. I, I think there used to be services, because I remember uh, I had a pen pal that uh, I got out of, what was it, Discover Magazine. In the back of Discover Magazine, you know, the science magazine, it was either that or 321 Contact. Wait, hold you on. You were writing so to were a you? 40-year-old man <laughs> yeah, were pretending you? to be a little boy. <laughs> That is just that is obviously what's yeah, happening. It was a little girl. Uh. Were you are you problem child from the movie Problem Child? I just Why? see what you with the weird alpha. He has a pen pal. He's the pen pal is in prison. It's a serial killer. That's right. 
that it's right. Interesting. Yes. You are a problem child. No, it was a little girl from Minnesota. We it don't. was a full-grown man from Minnesota. Well, he was very good at writing like a little girl. Yeah, I bet he was. His heart is a fucking dickhead sitting there <laughs> writing these letters. He's like, finally, I'm the little girl I always wanted to be. It's an interesting thing to uh, to do, yes. Well, Willie's all-time favorite pen pal was a woman named Connie Anderson who lived in Pontiac, Michigan. When Willie was 24 years old, he took his first-ever trip outside of Coquitlam and traveled through the Midwest to meet her. It took him six weeks to get there. He stopped in towns like St. Louis, Kansas City, and Chicago along the way, just working from city to city. How'd he do? Was he riding a pig? He was Is that why it took fucking <laughs> six know. weeks? Was he was Come on now. Come on now. You see no horses do it. You, you'll carry me like the horse. <laughs> carry me like a damn horse. Then. All right, him. I'll carry you. <laughs> it was a movie we could just see the, the smell trail until he got to Pontiac, Michigan. <laughs> Well, in one city, he doesn't say which city it was, I'm assuming Chicago, Willie got an odd proposition, or at least he claimed he did. He said, I met a lot of people, and believe it or not, once I had a chance for me, believe it or not, me, I'm a plain old farm boy, and they want me for a model. They do? A model, what? me, you forget it, what's up? What's a model? <laughs> what are they talking about? Modeling. <laughs> That's a real quote. That is a, 100%. Okay, or a model? Was Me? What's a model? What's a model? Modeling? Modeling? <laughs> Modeling? Modeling? A model? What Me? was he going to model for? Uh, he does not say. All he knows is that they offered him $40 an hour for quote-unquote model. I guarantee. Uh, I think that he just avoided being killer. a victim. It's yeah, literally. exactly. It was a serial killer. It was this guy, just, John Wayne Gacy was his name. He uh, said, I want to go work for his construction firm. And I said, I got pig sense, not hammer sense. You need a hammer man, not a pig man. Because <laughs> well, oh Willie turned the offer down. Thank, oh, oh, wow. Or, wow. But he's, I mean, but he's having a regular old American adventure. Jeez. He's working oh. from town to town. He's having strangers on the street offering him work. So his life is like the movie Yes Man. What is it? I've never seen in the movie Yes Man. He always says yes. Uh-huh. It's a film <laughs> well, pro-improv. No. What are you talking about? No, uh, he said no. Willie said no. Yes, but until then he was saying yes, yes, yes. And then it got him almost to be a model. No, yeah, he said no to a shower too. He Ugh. says no a lot actually. <laughs> Maybe it isn't. Yeah. He says no to everything but pigs. Uh, oh. I guess, yeah. It's a yes to pigs, man. <laughs> Pig sense. Uh, Willie finally got to Pontiac around mid-February and was soon quote-unquote engaged to Connie Anderson, Good but Lord. he said she couldn't leave her job and he couldn't leave the farm, so it just wasn't meant to be. Careers always tear people apart. Also, I tried to cut her open. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that was like a it. big thing. And I was like, because I was feeling really overwhelmed. I was new to the country. There were signs I didn't understand. I didn't understand I had to order at the fast food restaurants. Mm. I got different specials in there. So I just wanted to go to my comfort space inside a large breathing thing. Oh, I see. <laughs> But it seems like Willie's only real takeaway from his time in America was a preoccupation with George Washington's birthday. In fact, after reading On the Farm, it seems like some Canadians have very odd ideas about how we celebrate George Washington's birthday. I what never celebrate George Washington's birthday. I've never celebrated George Washington's birthday in my life. I've celebrated the day off from school. There is a day off from school for George Washington's birthday? I couldn't even t- point to it on a calendar. Is it July 4th? It President's Day, remember? But is what? that is his that for birthday? everybody? Well, that's the thing is that we only, uh, don't we only celebrate George? I don't even know when I George Washington's no birthday idea. is. I no thought clue. that was Abraham Lincoln's like anniversary. 
anniversary of the hat? Like when he first time he got the hat? <laughs> no, I, think I just think about Calvin Coolidge on President's Day. No, I think President's Day is like we celebrate both Lincoln and Washington on the same day. Why? I think they put both into one day. Just Why do we celebrate two? them at all? They're because old. we celebrate President's like the third Tuesday of February or something. Or we already got Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Doesn't that celebrate him? Sure. Well, Stevie Cameron wrote in a, On the Farm, she wrote, quote, Americans revere George Washington as the embodiment of honesty and celebrate his birthday with the madness of cherry pies. Abraham sure. Lincoln is honest. That's, I mean, I mean no, no, none no. of them are. George Washington, the cherry tree. I know the cherry sure. thing, honest, but honesty is honest, attributed to Abe. there's honest Abe, but there's also an honesty thing. with These Canadians, they're getting it all wrong. They're getting it all I wrong. have no idea. I think maybe in elementary school, we maybe did a cherry pie thing in maybe. elementary school like one time. But maybe that's where the cab driver was eating the cherry pits. No, well, that was because he's in he Canada, was, and that was like a couple in of months In honor of ago. Americans. He's like, we got a couple of Americans in the car. No. I better eat the pits. They he eat the pits. He was just a backwards human being. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've never heard of the tradition of eating cherry pies on George Washington's birthday. And for whatever reason, the whole thing bothered the hell out of Willie. He said, quote, people keep trying to make me eat cherry pies. Are we missing our he's, own culture he, here? He said it was enough for him to comment on it. He said that he it turned his stomach to see all these Americans with their faces covered in cherry pies. So apparently we're not just eating cherry pie. We're also eating it so vociferously huh. that it's all over our like, face. Really? Like, you're covered in pig shit. <laughs> yeah. At it's least like, cherry pie is nice. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the movie Stand By Me or something like that. Maybe that's the way America used to be. Nothing but cherry pie. Is, is this like a Michigan thing? Like yeah, man. They did in Michigan. Maybe Long Michigan legs, thing. big racks. It's a Michigan thing. Don't hate me. Yeah. Pig <laughs> I, have a, I actually have a, I have a magnet that says that. Long legs, <laughs> big, big racks. Rack, don't, don't hate me. Classiest, from Michigan. Classiest refrigerator in Los Angeles. <laughs> so when Willie got back to Coquitlam, never to return to the cherry pie madness of America, hmm. He got into horses as people paid the Pictons rent money to board animals at their farm. So there's a lot of horses around. So sure. he's like, oh, I like horses. Let's let's get a horse. So he became like an unpopular girl in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but then were these horses perhaps used by the Canadian Mounted Police? I don't think they were. Okay. I think these are just general horses. Just general, general horse. Canadian horses for Canadians. Okay. So Willie chose a colt and named it Goldie. Oh. And he never rode it, but he loved showing it off. Hey, Willie was seen, a big show off. Uh-huh. You seen Goldie? Oh, you seen her? Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. tits on that horse, huh? <laughs> yeah. Look at this. I turn her it's like she's just a regular horse like this, right? Yeah. Flip her upside down. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah. yeah. Wait for it. Ah, oh, she's shit. <laughs> Wait for it. See these tits? <laughs> yeah. Like it? <laughs> yeah. Can I see that pet again? Yeah, absolutely. Right here. I see it right here. It's real boring in the beginning. Yeah. Right, she's wearing these clothes. Yeah. You flip it upside down. Yeah. Oh, Goldie's shitting again. <laughs> yeah. I think Goldie's throwing up. Yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, wait for it right there. Okay. I think it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Goldie died four years later after Aww. injuring a leg, because you know if a horse breaks yeah. a leg, it's done. You got to you got to put it down. Yeah, it's like a grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so after Willie put the horse down, he sawed off the head. Oh my. Mounted it oh. and kept it in his dank basement bedroom, which is a horrific thing to do to your horse. You don't fucking do that to your horse. Why not? 
Because you have horse. a special connection with your horse. Yeah, it'd but, be like if I, I, I mean, know, I did already bring up with Wendy how we're going to stuff it when she dies. you got to stuff a dog. Yeah, that's but, actually common stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's, but with a dog, that's one thing. But a horse, you got a special connection with the horse. Well, I well, I think you have a special connection with a dog. Yeah, but it's pig. a different connection with your horse. <laughs> I don't know about yeah, this. Well, because interesting, technically, interesting stance, Marcus. Because a horse is one. your friend, it's your child, and it's your transportation. So it's like the oh, love yeah. you have for your pet, your brother, I and your car. I mean, back in the Old West, you could get hung for being a horse thief. You wouldn't be hung for no, being a I, dog thief. You're not being hung for being a horse mounter if you mount a dead horse on your wall. No, but it's a because you have. A, it's you guys, weird. You guys are just if, never. It's weird. If, I don't think it's. I will say if I have a favorite car, I'm gonna mount the. I'm gonna mount the bumper when it gets into an accident. It's weird to do it yourself. To have somebody well, else uh, do did it, did he maybe. actually? Did he well, do a good job with it? Though? Well, he had. So he took it to a taxidermist. Okay. So he he wasn't. He never got into taxidermy himself. Now, final question. Anybody, but anybody final out there, I guarantee question. you, there's going to be some listeners out there that are horse people that are going to agree with me okay. that this is a fucked up thing to do. Final question: Did he mount it with the horse tongue sticking out of its mouth, kind of fun? Yeah, <laughs> and put the little like green sunglasses on it, like it's Ew. CGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Willie's room, besides the horse head, he also had a Picton coat of arms displayed on the wall. Uh, Oh, wow. What, I, what is that? royal family. <laughs> what would their coat of arms be? Good Lord, it's just a shit-covered fucking, ugh. Can you see the, like, the crest? It's like a little shit lump, a piggy <laughs> face, another shit lump, and then a woman with a full beard. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and he also kept a book that told the history of various local families in Coquitlam, including the Pictons. Oh. And it was said that these things were his most prized possessions. Okay. As far as furniture went, though, the only thing Willie had in his room was a mattress on the floor, which had a big black stain Ugh. right down the middle. That's mold. It's, well, the, the room it did flood quite a bit, because in Vancouver, apparently, there are spring floods. Uh, okay. And the room did flood quite a bit, and as soon as the floodwaters went down, Willie just... Went back in there, and I actually right. I would imagine that the black stain was probably just from Willie going to sleep on it covered in pig shit. Yeah, not shower. I was thinking too. Yeah, kind yeah. of a, a streak of Ugh. pig, 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 <laughs> pig sense. So in 1978, on New Year's Day, Picton's father Leonard finally died at the age of 91. Holy hell! Yeah, and if you'll notice, different life than Hugh Hefner had. This yes, is definitely <laughs> yes. different than that. If you'll and if you'll notice, this is the Second time we've mentioned, no, about the third time we've mentioned Leonard Picton in this entire story. Yeah. This guy just pretty much hung around the house uh, doing nothing. He's grandpa from yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not- He'd set up in the attic. Right. He, they would bring him down for dinner, and then they would let, and then everyone else was doing everything around him. They just basically waited for him to die, and so was he. Mm-hmm. Just And when he died, he must have been so happy. Just yeah. died in the Play-Poo Mansion. Just yeah. disgusting. <laughs> Play-Poo Mansion. <laughs> Play-Poo Mansion. Yeah. And 1978 just mm-hmm. started a, a couple of years of tragedy for the Picton. Uh, later on that year, one of the piggeries burned down. Oh. It killed about 600 pigs. That I tell sucks. you what. It, it is really sad, but can you imagine how delicious that smelled? <laughs> I don't know. Just that pig's roast and mmm. 600 crackling pigs. Mm, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> then the next year, Louise Picton died of cancer on April Fool's Day, 1979, at mm. the age of 67. <laughs> <laughs> You're not feeling well? <laughs> is this a joke? It's April Fool's. Are you doing a joke? <laughs> Is it a joke? Is it mother? Mom? Thank God I have this pen. <laughs> <laughs> and when Willie was asked years later how he felt about his mother, Willie said, quote, Two peas in a pod. 
Two peas inside of each other inside of a pie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Now, the Picton Farm was actually worth quite a bit, despite its disgusting reputation. It was worth almost a million dollars in today's money. And with both parents dead, it was time to see who got what in the will. Now, how the will was laid out tells you something about Willie's personal relationship with his mother, but it's really hard to figure out just what. Hmm. First of all, every child got about $90,000, plus the farm split three ways. And that's $90,000 in 1976 money. This wow. really reminds or 1979 me, money. This okay. really reminds me of the uncle from American Story. American, American sto- movie. This reminds me oh, of the American uncle from American movie, movie where he's sitting oh. on all that money and he's living in the trailer and they're all just yep. waiting for him to die. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's okay. It's There's something to live for. <laughs> American movie. Well, you know that story where Mike Shank used to come into the Jimmy John's, drop off the papers. His brain was acid. Oh, yeah. Yes. Nice guy, though. But even though the other two, Dave and Linda, got their money right away, Willie, in order to get his had to stay on the farm till he was 40 years old. That was about another 10 years after his mother's death until he got his share. So it was like Brewster's thousands? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. (laughs) But he also got an additional $20,000 up front that the other two didn't get. It was an odd split. Yeah. And I can't quite figure out what she was trying to do. Well, I think that she knew that Willie could not go anywhere else. He's got pig sense. He's a pig guy. The piggery is where he belongs. I just think they're all fucking stupid. <laughs> and everything ba- was done wrong and backwards and Canadian. Yeah, but like they, it's were always super, they were strange very he, successful people. And his mother trusted him the most with the farm. So yeah, I think like, that's the compliment. But where do you think he's going to run off to Los Angeles to be a model? He already <laughs> went finally. to Pontiac, Michigan once. <laughs> She's not going to let that happen again. I always knew he could be a model. <laughs> well, technically, but when Willie uh, Pictum was finally caught, he was a millionaire. Like really? These, yes, he was. At, he was that a millionaire. Is, these well, people. This is not fair. <laughs> is he the richest serial killer that we've covered? Is he the richest serial killer? Besides, H.H. Oh, Holmes was rich yeah, on yeah, that's, paper. That's he was right. rich on paper, but at, Willie Pictum actually was worth. Well over a million dollars. Wow. Yeah. So he was, I would actually say that this fucking stupid pig shit (laughs) dickhead is probably the richest serial killer in history. Oh my God. I just imagine him (laughs) shit. It's like Scrooge McDuck just like diving into a big thing of dollars just covering all in shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Beverly Hillbillies, I guess, huh? So with mom dead, Willie figured he was free to live how he wanted. So he started that life by going around to junk auctions around Western Canada, buying broken down cars and scrap metal and hauling it all back to the farm. This is when the nothing but trouble time starts. So he started building at a farm like a raven builds its nest. <laughs> I guess so. And his meat business was also starting to grow. Yeah, my meat business is starting to grow. <laughs> this story is making your meat business grow. Yeah. yeah, you want to say that into a microphone? Well, Willie would take orders from customers and go to livestock auctions to buy cows, pigs, llamas, and sometimes even the odd emu to oh. butcher and serve up. It's fun to kill new animals. <laughs> I guess so. Leave but, the llamas alone. But unbeknownst to his customers, Willie was known to pick out the cheapest animals. Mostly the sick ones covered in sores and oozing with pus. Oh, uh, should they be sold? Yeah, well, they oh. would give. They would be like surplus animals. They'd kind of sell them all in a. Why a, are you selling them? To, for what? Because yeah, but, someone would buy them. Yeah, but for meat. Because people like Willie really Pickton would buy them. They would cut. The, he would buy the culls. Like the culls uh. would be. They go through and they look for all the animals that no one else would buy. The bad news bears. The bad news bears oh. of meat. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> the horrid meat. And since the Pictons had long been meat people, their farm was already equipped with its very own slaughterhouse. Of course. Yeah. And this was Willie's method. Willie would usually kill an animal by slitting its throat, but if the beast was too big, Willie liked to take it down with a nail gun to the forehead. All the emus got a nail gun. Like uh, no country for old men. <laughs> well, yeah. that was well, that was a whole different apparatus. That was that a, wasn't an it was an used, air pressure. It was gun. A, yeah, it was yes, a, yeah, a similar yeah, idea. yeah, yeah, similar idea. But no, Willie would use an actual like construction nail gun oh, to just so in a fucked up way. Yeah, <laughs> fucked up. I mean, I guess there's no pretty way to kill an animal. So mm-hmm. after the animal died, Willie would cut a hole in its ankle, slide a hook into the wound, and hang the animal from the ceiling. To let all the blood drain out into a bucket. And then you can take all that blood and you can congeal it in a nice sauce. You make that blood sausage like I had in Scotland. I understand that you are not. None of this is uh, adverting you from having disgusting food on a regular basis. This is natural. Yeah. Yeah. Willie would then gut the animal, skin it, and dismember it with a handsaw. Okay. Now, the fate those animals met would be almost identical to that of dozens of women would enter that slaughterhouse oh. only a few years later. Yeah, we're talking Jeez. about like it's disgusting. There's technically that place in Brooklyn where it's like they do all that slaughtering right there and it's hipsters. Your ex-girlfriend used to work for it. Um, oh, she, was a, she was an apprentice butcher. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. No, yeah, yeah. I, we used yeah, to we do used it in Wisconsin like, during deer hunting season. You yeah. open up a garage, it looks like, the, yeah, it's it's nothing but deer carcasses hanging there. If he there. didn't do it to people, technically, it would this be is fine. like, yeah, this It'd is a real yeah, DIY. It's technically, fine. it's very expensive. Oh, I don't know about the diseased llama jerky he was making with it. But yeah, now small parts of these women's bodies would also join the animals in the forty-foot-deep holes Picton would dig around his property to dump the excess bones, skin, and meat from the animals he slaughtered. Now, how excited would you be to dig a forty-foot hole, though, Marcus? I look at him forty. <laughs> look at him. I mean, you just have to make a reason why, yeah. and it's either put in a pool uh-huh. or it's hiding a bunch of bodies. Let's put in a pool. Put in a pool. Mm. You want to hide bodies. You want to hide bodies. I would like to hide animal bodies. That'd be fine. You want that. (sighs) Well, I mean, I would do that. I don't know if I want that. Let's move forward. (laughs) (laughs) And things about Willie... He didn't treat his employees very well either. Wow. He didn't mean to tell me he was a <laughs> terrible manager. You know models. They're egotistical. <laughs> That's it. They were thinking about themselves. <laughs> In 1981, Willie hired four teenage boys to help out with the pigs. But when it came time to pay, Willie refused, saying he could, quote, get rid of anyone. Just by farting. <laughs> <laughs> But almost immediately after, he tried to be friendly again. But he did it in a way that sounds, seriously, like we've said many times before, this truly sounds like a Canadian version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is Canadian Chainsaw Massacre. Uh This is what one kid said happened. One day, Willie told me he had a ham for me, and I should pick it up after my shift. Another kid told me to not take it. But at the end of my shift, I said, what about that ham you promised me? And Willie returned with a mass of material. It wasn't brains, but I don't know what it was. It was all stringy and not ham. Well, what was it? I think it was a bucket of uteruses. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my poutine. Put a little gravy on I it. I will say I always love going to the store and get a nice pound of not ham. Not ham. <laughs> what is it? We know what it's not. It's not ham. <laughs> now, since the Picton brothers were already bad people, it makes sense that they eventually went down the road of criminal enterprise. And since their plot of land was fairly large and already covered in junked out cars, it made the perfect location for a chop shop operation ran by the local Hell's Angels chapter. Oh, okay. This made the Picton Farm a favorite hangout for bikers and lowlifes of all stripes throughout the years. It's kind of cool. Like, oh, in no, a way, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It's like if the Nothing But Trouble place was an actual hangout it's a party, instead of a party, big party place. Yeah. Big party place. I would have gone to a party. If this would have been a, a place around, you know, where I grew up, we kind of had a place like this. But yeah. it wasn't really criminals. It was, I mean, it was dirtbags, definitely. Well, uh, but it wasn't a lot of criminals. Just okay. Hell's Angels just drinking beer and saying sorry to each other because it's Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> now, most people thought Dave was the one who ran the whole chop shop operation, at least the day to day. But when police finally caught wind of what was going on, they were told by some of the teenagers who worked gigs stealing cars that it was the supposed dullard Willie who actually ran the day to day. Supposed dullard who's now? <laughs> who's now supposed dullard? You come over here telling me supposed dullard this and that, and you're going to have to explain to me what supposed and dullard is. But before you do, the first thing I'm going to need you to uh-huh. do, take a look at this pen. I oh, got a yeah. new one. Oh, great. She's bigger. Yeah. That's what I like about her. She I got a male woman uniform on. You yeah. see that? Yeah. I flip it upside down? Yeah. You wait for it? Uh-huh. Supposed dollar. <laughs> I don't know. Send me that. Everybody I, I thinks I'm supposed whatever yeah, it means. <laughs> don't wait for it. I'm smarter than you I think. Know, I know. If that, you yeah. think about it, yeah. it's tits. Oh! <laughs> New pen. But even though the brothers got caught red-handed, nothing ever really came of it, mostly because the local Mounties had their hands full with Vancouver's first serial killer, Clifford Olson, who oh. killed 18. In a horrible coincidence, one of the girls who survived an attack by Clifford Olson when she was a teenager most likely met her ultimate mm. fate at the hands of Robert Picton almost 20 years later after he picked her up from Vancouver's downtown east side. Ooh. Wow. And we'll get into all that and more next week with Robert Picton Part 2. All right, there it is. I, I'm going to call him a dotard, which is he's my a, new favorite word of the week. I think yeah. it's detard. Detard. Yeah. Now, he's not a dotard, He's not though. a dotard? No, 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 no. He's not a, maybe now he's a dotard. Oh. Yeah, is he still in jail? Yeah. Picton is still alive. Well, I don't want to ruin the he, end here, but. Yeah. I, mean, only this, got, I thought that this it. guy was dead. No. No, dude. This all happened not long ago at all. He was you caught, th- what, in 1999? <laughs> 2003. Well, oh, I wow. guess we'll get into that in the part two. My goodness. Yeah. For some reason, we, I always forget when we, call, uh, when we cover the more current events ones that this yeah. stuff is still. Yeah. Wow. It, that's was, it was either 2002 or 2003 when this guy got caught. This was not long ago at all. All right. Well, we're going to get into that in part two. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Listening. Let's see. Uh, what do we want to talk about? We want to thank everyone for the Patreon. Of course. We want Always. to thank everyone for the Patreon. And we got an announcement. Uh, we got a new show announcement. We're coming back home. We got a live show here yes. in uh, Brooklyn uh, that we're going to be doing on November 8th. That's it. That's going to be the day after the election, right? That's right. Yeah, so, so you'll we'll, be in good shape. We'll be in great shape <laughs> in no way hungover at all. Not in any way whatsoever. No. But, yeah, we're finally going to be. This is the first uh, New York show, this first New York live show that we've done in, um, what, almost? 
almost well over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think o- yeah. over you bought. Yeah, you, you bought, bought there, over right? a year. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that we've done tur- we've done Canada five times in the last year. Oh, we've done Canada all right. And we'll probably end up doing it again. You're right, eight. Yeah. Absolutely. Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone was absolutely yeah. wonderful. Toronto twice. Toronto twice. Yeah. Toronto. Thanks to, yeah, thanks to everybody who came out to our show in uh, Toronto. Yep. Thanks to everyone who came out just for laughs because that's all we had. That's yeah, all you we were doing fucking just for laughs. Only laugh. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks to everyone out in, uh, in Pittsburgh. That's it. We wanted to give a special... Uh, uh, on a sad note, uh, we met with Elisa and her husband, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan was uh, battling cancer. He has uh, succumbed uh, to cancer. So our hearts are with you, Elisa, mm-hmm. and the entire Smith family, the two, uh, the boys there, nine and seven years old. Uh, it was an unbelievably powerful um, moment to meet with you. It was and, great to uh, meet with the family. Yeah. They were all it incredibly was, uh, sweet. Yes. And uh, uh, just wish to uh, see Jonathan on the other side. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that he had a peaceful passing. Yes. Uh, so thank you for allowing us. Thank you for sharing that uh, mm-hmm. with us. It was very powerful. Uh, and everyone at Pittsburgh, it was a wonderful show. Oh, yeah. So thank you all so much it for coming. It was a lot out. of fun. Um, thank you guys for everything. Also, remember, so we got our uh, Halloween show in Los Angeles coming up. And I want to put this out there real quick. So El Rey, October 28th, we're pretty much sold out. We're going to be giving, we're going to be doing a clothing drive called No Nude Dudes because we're trying to get a uh, uh, in uh, in LA. We're going to be putting out various businesses. We're going to have a list of all the places where to go to drop off men's clothing. We're basically the idea is that normally. Um, Women's clothing are collected a lot more than men's clothing in terms of like stuff for the winter, like jackets and stuff, and mm-hmm. and, and like just normal shit. So like, I mean, any clothes that are available, but please give, please give, and we're we're gonna put an announcement where those locations are where you can drop off those clothes. But come out to the show That's October twenty eighth because we're gonna be randomly selecting people to get free VIP tickets uh, from that uh, that drive when Ooh. you have the hashtag No New Dudes hashtag Sawan Gala if you go and you take a picture of your donation. Sawan is spelled Sam Hain. Sam Hain. It is, but uh, I think but, they're all very important people. That's what I say. That's they they're are. All, they're and they all are. VIPs but, to me. Uh, so come and fucking like, come out to that show. It's going to be really great. It's going to be classy. It's going to be a classy How classy night. is it going to be? It's going to be pretty classy, and all, everybody from Last Podcast Network is going to be there That's as well. That's it. Yeah, it's going to be a different type of show than we uh, normally yep. do. on uh, the well, la- Like with our Last Podcast on the Left live shows, this is going to be a more of a variety show, yes. more of a menagerie, if yes. you will. It, uh, AKA, I think, clusterfuck. Is that, what the, uh, <laughs> is that, the, is that the proper term? But it's going to be a great time. We're all going to celebrate uh, Halloween together. Um, and keep on supporting all the shows here on Last Podcast Network. Uh, Marcus mentioned the election November. 7th. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, politics, listen to Abling's Top Hat. I think we do a great job of keeping it as light as possible in these heavy times. Uh, page 7, Sex and Other Human Activities, just all the shows. Movie just check them with out. The Movie Sign with the Mads. We've got a new the show, our new show, uh, Escuela Sangre, uh, that is going to be, if you speak Spanish, it's going to be uh, fucking awesome for you. I think that's going to be coming out next week, actually. Well, also, I don't speak yeah. Spanish, but I'm going to learn how to speak Spanish through that show and yeah. horrify everyone that I'm talking to. Yeah, <laughs> you should go see. It's about uh, true crime and uh, it's about true crime and folklore yeah. uh, in Latin America. Like Ooh. so, yeah. So their their first few episodes that they've already recorded a few, uh, and the one that they're recording this week, uh, they're doing an episode on Alive. We're we've cool. been told yeah. that the, it's good. We've been told, uh, yes. <laughs> Carolina has assured me that it is good. Okay, uh, they might just be crapping all over yeah, our show. I don't but know. But they're going to be covering stuff like uh, Pedro Lopez, Gloria Trevi, Selena, uh, Ooh, and Selena. Uh, Selena. Technically, Selena is a Texan. Selena. 
I she's didn't, a te- technically she's a te- a Texan. I didn't realize Selena did not know how to speak Spanish. Not really. She no, just she was mimicked from, it, no, and then I guess she learned at some point. She was from San Antonio, yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Dr. Mm. Tasty, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, the number one. And yes. follow the last podcast at left and all of the bullshits at LP on the left. That's it. And go rate and review, honestly, all the shows uh, on Last Podcast Network. If you take a second uh, when you're listening to it to just rate and review on iTunes, let's continue our world domination because uh, we're all together in this and it's unbelievable uh, that we are we are uh, we are we've created something out of nothing Absolutely. and it's all because of you and uh, I would also like to thank and uh, give a shout out to a fan who sent us an amazing book that we'll definitely be using in the future uh, she sent us an autobiography the autobiography of Pee Wee Gaskins awesome uh, which is super super rare uh, and uh, she asked to and we have actually used some of her stuff uh, in the past uh, she runs a subreddit uh, she runs two subreddits one of them is called is our crime scene uh, when we talked about tar and feathering photos that yeah. we looked at years ago yes. that was one of hers oh wow yeah. uh, not as cute as the cartoons made it out to no, me no my not god as, not at all uh, and she uh, runs another subreddit uh, that's her own stuff it's uh, our Jessica M. Shannon, and I just checked it out earlier today. It's really fucking cool. It's very, it's kind of like the morbid reality subreddit, but uh, all pictures. And it's really rare stuff that I'd never seen before. Uh, so yeah, go check those out. They're super cool. Awesome. All right. So hail Satan. Hail yourselves. I'm going to do a special hail Jonathan, hail Elisa, and uh, fuck death. Yeah. And uh, hail Gein as well. Hail me. I'm Augusta Lachels. Goodbye. I was shocked, you know? They were always such a good team, so successful. But to do something like that, to exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.